As a business owner and a CEO of your company, how can you take the first step towards the circular economy? That's what we're going to be talking about in this episode. Hello and welcome to the Impact Go Rush podcast. This is the podcast for impact entrepreneurs. This podcast aims to amplify the voices of impact entrepreneurs addressing the United Nations Global Goals, aka the Sustainable Development Goals. Listen in to fellow impact entrepreneurs on their journey in this new Go Rush of making a bigger impact. Get inspired to learn how through entrepreneurship you can grow your impact to make the world a better place, leave a legacy and live a more meaningful life. I'm your host, Wun Tan. Welcome to episode number 17 of the Impact Goal Rush. In this episode, we have Jasper Steinhausen of Ouroboros.Works. And he works with CEOs and executives on their journey towards a sustainable circular economy. If you are a business owner or CEO of a company with physical products, you'll want to listen in to this episode to learn how you can take your first steps towards the circular economy. Jasper gives us concrete examples of how he is taking executives through this transformation and usually it starts with the mindset and he talks about how through the process that they've developed how he works with all these companies to to help them become more circular in their thinking in their process in terms of their physical products that they're manufacturing and it completely transformed the business and the mission of a company. So it's fascinating how he's working with all these businesses. So listen in, uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. If you missed the previous episode, we had Erica Purvis of Technical Nature. She's a sustainable design and business strategist and she introduces us to the concepts of circular economy. She loves working with small business owners. so. If you haven't listened to that episode, that's episode number 16, so go check it out. So back to today's episode, here is my conversation with Jasper Steinhausen of Ouroboros.Works. Enjoy the show! Welcome to the Impact Goal Rush. Why must businesses embrace the circular economy? Well, thank you and thank you for having me. Ultimately, it's about survival, but I guess you could say it's kind of dramatic to, to put it like that. But if you as a as a business leader or business owner feels like you know you must do something to work on cutting costs to attract talent to increase and motivate your staff um, stimulate innovation attract investors or improve brand brand value if any of that is something like you know that's on my plate <laughs> then the circular economy as a toolbox is really worth investigating so so that's really why this is an impactful tool for business and business development that's significantly better aligned with the world and in tune with, with the markets and the development in the market, the changes in the market um, than, than what we're used to seeing. And, and how is it different from, from sustainability? Well, you could say that one of the biggest differences is really that the circular economy is thinking in terms of regenerating it's about it's a whole mindset about creating where you have sustainability is very much about minimizing right so you will have that most people is about you know let's avoid let's reduce let's minimize the ultimate goal is zero zero waste zero chemicals zero whatever zero carbon whereas here it's about you know aiming for a positive impact and there's so much more energy in that. It also means that we are creating. So, so in terms of vocabulary, 
this is significantly closer related to the business language, right? So any businessman gets up in the morning to create something. And if he looks at the world of sustainability and he hears an engineer walking about, it's about reducing. No wonder he kind of thinks, well, we're not doing the same game, right? <laughs> but if you go up and say, hey, let's create something, it's, ah, this is the same game. He is on, we are on the same team. Mm. Um, so it makes it so much easier to connect it and thereby unleash some of those, as I said, very, very crucial <laughs> Uh, business value opportunities that I just mentioned. Really cool. You know, for, for someone who's new to the concept of circular economy, can you briefly give a, give an, like a definition of what, what it means? Yeah, well, the circular economy is, is really, a, it is, as it says, kind of like a new economic paradigm, a new way of looking at things that really initiates and focuses on how do we keep value, keep the materials that we all, you know, everything in products and whatever we do, how do we keep them in the uh, marketplace for as long as possible? How do we make sure that we utilize the value of them? And how do we make sure that once they are then, you know, the product, we don't really use the product any longer. How do we get it back in the value system again to, um, and, and as preferable even upgrading the, the, the value of the actual material. So it, it's really about flow, it's a material flow, and it's about increasing and maintaining value. It's about new business models, it's about creating better solutions, again, that has less material, higher value. So, so in that combination of really adding more value, giving more flexibility while solving some of the environmental problems that, that we have put ourselves in, <laughs> be it climate change, be it resources, be it biodiversity, you know, whatever. There are lots of lots of stuff to look at. <laughs> Unfortunately, for business owners and CEOs out there, what are the first steps to start moving towards the circular economy? Well, you know, that transition, it really, really starts with a mental transition, right? So with this as kind of like in any other change process, actually, you can look at this as, as anything else you wanted, you wanted to do. You have to, as a leader of this, you have to be able to imagine the outcome. You have to be able to sort of understand enough to really be able to set a vision and and to be able to imagine the value and the outcome on the other side of, of such a process. Otherwise, you will never start there, right? So, so really immersing themselves and perhaps some of their team members, depending on what kind of setup you have, um, to get the fundamentals of this circular business mindset internalized. So that's really the starting point. Um, because if you, if you can really grasp what it is and why this is a business concept, not what you're used to, that this is just minimizing something you have to do, but really this is a way of creating more business, cutting costs, attracting talent, and talent, attracting investors, and so on and so on, as I said before, well, then you're not really going to go for it. So that's the starting point. That's really cool. So it starts with the, the mindset and the, 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 the future vision. Yes, Jasper, could you share with us what's your background? How did you end up running Ouroboros? Yes. Yeah, sure. Well, I've I've been I've been onto sustainability since I was, you know, a bit kid. I don't know, around teenage, early teenage years or something. Um so it's been my pathway all my life. Um and just, you know, getting deeper and deeper into it up through my different uh, educations. I have I have sort of a sustainability background in my master's. And then I've added to that uh, journalism and marketing and 
business development in different kind of uh, coaching and training sessions on that and and a lot on really on leadership and and you know how do you run businesses today and how do you how do you start a business today you know all these uh, sort of modern day uh, today's versions of how do you really do stuff um so it's that sort of that journey of of transitioning from the sustainability part into the business and leadership part and, and sort of combining them and and I've always been working on, you know, or at least I'll say from, from somewhere in the early part of the century, I kind of realized that the whole sustainability and back then really working on climate issues was just such a an, an opportunity. You really be, be viewed as a creative platform for something, something to create, create new innovation, new products, new opportunities, reduce costs and so on and so on and so on. So. So I had that shift, that sort of aha moment somewhere back in, I don't know, 2003, four, five, somewhere around that. Uh, and then back in 2008, I participated in the first event in Denmark where Michael Braungart, who is the one of the two fathers of the concept of cradle to cradle, which is really sort of the, well, I guess you could say it's kind of like the core of the circular economy. Yeah, he was in Denmark and presented the concept and it was kind of like, aha, here is someone has really turned that whole, the way I've been looking at thing and, you know, with that positive approach that I've had into a concept. Here is, you know, here are ideas, here are, this is how you do, this is step one, this is step two, this is what you aim for. So it's really sort of a conceptual approach. So it's kind of like, okay, this is it. It just says click, you know, I, this is what I've been looking for without really knowing it was there. Um, so this is what I've been doing. And here's a guy telling me, you know, we have actually put that into a, a concept. This is this is it. And and ever since there, I've been working with the different disciplines. Um, so you know, we have the cradle to cradle. We have the circular economy. We have the donut economy, and we have all kinds of sub disciplines: uh, sharing economy, performance economy, symbiosis, so on and so on and so on. There are different disciplines, but it's 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 all the same. It's about leaving that linear approach of just. We take stuff off the ground, we produce something, we use it, we throw it out, and then say, "Here, how do we how do we make sure that we can just throw value out of the out, up in the end, uh, and we can't just dig out for up off the ground forever because it is you know we are living on on a chunk of mass, and uh, at some point sooner or later we run out. You can't just do that forever, right? So." It doesn't work in either ends of that equation, right? <laughs> so, so that's really uh, so. Ever since that, I've just been trying to perfect that idea of and capability of seeing where is it that the current systems are leaking value, and what could we do to extract that and turn it into value for for us and for our clients and our owners and whoever the whole system, right? Uh, so, really. Uh, a multiple win. How do we make sure that it's better for client, better for our business, better for the world, better for the society? So that's, I think that's the journey. So it's, it's really cool. We've met quite a few years ago and you and your uh, co-founder Camila runs Ouroboros. And mm -hmm. could you share with us, you know, how, how you guys work? What do you offer? How, how do you work with the CEOs and top executives that you you know that, that you work with yeah sure thank you well we have sort of three main areas that we work in and, and the first one is really uh, competences it, it's where we 
we create that light bulb moment where the leaders can, aha, now I get it, right? Kind of like, as I said, what I had back in 2008, just really trying to use more than the last decades of experience on saying, what's the difference that really makes a difference in making people get it, right? How do you get it, right? So, so it, it's really dense online uh, competence programs for leaders or uh, key team members to get it, right? So it's not a lengthy course or anything. It's just, what is it you need to get it, right? So you can start saying, ah, well, why are we doing that? When you start asking different questions back home. So that's really the purpose of it. So, so that's one of them. The second one area is, is really on designing and facilitating processes. So when people need to think together, and that could be within the same department, or it could be across uh, a business, or it could even be complete value chains. How do we get them to work to develop some of these solutions together, right? Because it's, it is a holistic thing. So you can't just, it's not a one man show, right? <laughs> you got to think uh, and work across to, to get the new perspectives, to get the new ideas, to solve the problems, to make the changes. So, so how do we really do that? So that's the second leg. And then the third leg is on strategy processes and, and leadership support. And that's where we have our mentoring and coaching programs. So, and where we also do, you know, different kinds of strategy processes uh, for leader for groups of leaders or the executives themselves, depending on size of the company. So those are sort of the three things. So, so competence to get people to get it, to get have that opportunity to start at all. Uh, processes to have people think when they need to develop something, and strategy and leadership and how do you how do you lead that? How do you get there? Where do we want to go? What's the vision? Everything related to that. Awesome. For the work that you do, do you have any good examples of clients that you've worked with and how they have changed? Yeah, well, good question. <laughs> um, one client that I could mention is uh, it's a small Swedish uh, company that produces signs. Uh, so, you know, whenever you walk into a mall or anything, you see a sign that is or on the on the facade of a building, you know, that's, that's what they produce. Uh, and they were just, you know, 18 people. So a fairly small uh, company. And um, the owner there really wanted to, to change and to get that he had, he had had that sort of moment with himself that I need to turn this into a company that just really helps to create a better world. I can't live with myself or <laughs> I can't look my kids in the eyes and tell them, you know, I didn't really do what I could. I, I just continued the old way. So he wanted that change. And that's where, when, when we came in uh, to help him, help him do that. And, and, you know, the interesting thing is that we have actually over the course of our collaboration really turned him profitable. It, it's actually been a green turnaround because he, he was struggling or they were struggling making money. So just sort of really balancing out. Um, and, and they've had their best, uh, even actually through 2020, uh, they've had months that were, all months have actually been better and all 2020 has been significantly better than the years before. Uh, so even in, in, in this time, uh, they, they managed to, to outperform it. Um, so, so we have done a lot of changes to the business and the model and the market and who they're really at trying to address, right? So they were, they were focusing on the wrong people or they were focusing on anybody. Who wanted in so just narrowing down and saying who is it that has shares your interest who shares your vision who wants to to move on sustainability and then they have been working a lot on the material side so what are the materials they they have in their science and they have 
created also different solutions. For instance, for malls where you know pop-up shops and things come and go, and you know, in some some areas you have that the mall kind of defines the uh, the design of the signs. So you know, this is where you put your sign, and then you just come with whatever you have, right? And normally, whenever somebody moves in or out, they have to throw it out because you know we need a new one. But they made it at the sign where it's actually just a, a thin film that they change on it. So, you, you know, from a material standpoint, they might change 1%. Right? So the rest can just stay. So again, they're prolonging the majority of the materials and just make a slight, slight change, which makes it cheaper for the for the new, new, new pop-up shop that moves in to get their logo in. And of course, we need significantly less material altogether. So, so you know, they're starting to, to make different kind of innovations in there where, where you can simply, and, and they're also starting to take back old signs and reuse the material uh, or the components. For, so, so on various stairs, they're starting to either reduce costs for themselves and or uh, reduce costs for, for their clients. Uh, and then they really build brand loyalty uh, because those companies that feel like, hey, I need, I'm on this journey as well. Of course, they want to have it also in in what's signaling out to uh, to the world um, in in front of their their office. So, so that's an example. Uh, and then with a lot of other things has been happening, but just to keep it brief, uh, it that's been part of their journey. Uh, and actually, interestingly enough, we've also did a, a vision process with them. So. They're completely changed from seeing themselves as a sign company to really saying, well, it's about creating a positive impact in urban environments. So they're also starting to address, you know, that we have a lot of sign makers. It's just about making more noise, right? Bigger, better, more powerful, more color. Where it's kind of like, hey, is that really good for people? Is that an, uh, do we like that, right? Um, so saying, okay, how can we be more impactful with the right kind of design? It's just not, it's not just more power. It's, you know, less is more, really. How do we stand out without just distracting and bombarding people's brains even more, right? So so they have, earlier on, they had one of these, a, a picture from a city, I think it's from Tokyo or something, you know, where they just have signs all over. And that was kind of like, one of their so you know this is great and you, this is business right and then it's kind of like no this is not great this is horrible right this is not people friendly you know we gotta we gotta reverse that track so so in so many areas this this whole approach about creating value adding more to it uh, means that today it's a completely different uh, company um, yeah i i think that's fascinating it's like more science means people are lost right <laughs> because yeah. you, 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 you don't have directions no <laughs> exactly confused so so how do we don't just not just turning up the volume but really making better solutions right yeah. something that actually benefits the community where it's in um so also starting to to look to towards getting you know whole campuses in like it could be hospital areas or something and you know do everything there and then really make sure that again that it's it gives back both from an environmental point of view of the choice of material and the, the the design and everything, but also on on that, you know, how do we really make it people friendly? <laughs> how don't we just not just turning up the volume anything, but really, how do we make something that's actually a, a nice environment, some a good place to be in, something that way it's not stressing us, but making us more calm, more at ease, right? So. Obviously, areas like health in the health 
sector that it, it makes sense that you you actually try to make it a good experience from the campus area you from the time you walk in the campus uh, so yeah so again you can see how this translates into a completely different value proposition all of a sudden whereas before it was just you know we have these kind of signs what are you looking for and it very much because it becomes also a price issue right so we go with you or somebody else right but but now all of a sudden it's a completely different value proposition coming in here into a dialogue about how do we actually create the best for the area you're in um, and what kind of solution and uh, are you looking to to buy the product or in the product do we upgrade it often or not should i what do we have already could we take that back and use it perhaps for some of the components and you know so completely different uh company today i think that's a that's an amazing story an example of, of a circular economy business for someone who's listening and they're starting this journey you know any advice you would share um well i think it's it's really about getting going <laughs> and it's about challenging the assumption that you might have of what sustainability is and then i would say especially as we record this right now that you know really take in that 2020 was actually a century there's been so much change mentally and in what we do and what we expect that it equals what we normally do in a decade so if and we have people have had all kinds of experiences that also just means that you know everything from what it, how painful it is that you cannot see people around you so every, the, the relations we have to people and to to things around us a lot of people have spent a lot of time in nature and into, so so that combination, that sort of upgoing trend we have had on that we need to take sustainability serious, we need to work on climate change and so on, that's just, again, been pushed massively. And we know now that if we want, we can make dramatic changes in 12 months. So don't walk around saying, okay, I'll deal with climate as well. It's it's really, really critical or whatever it is that you focus on plastic or whatever is your, your where, where it's relevant for you to, to focus in. And then just, you know, go out to your market and say, you know, I'll, I'll be doing this over the next 10 years. <laughs> because, well, if it's so critical, last time you said something were critical, you changed it in, in, <laughs> in three weeks. Why should I accept that you need 10, 10 years now, right? So you gotta, you, you just can't, can't go back to the old mindset. You really have to embrace it and you have to work on it. And then, as I said in the beginning, because there's such huge opportunities in it, it's also pretty wise to, to look at it. But I would say that's really, don't, don't push it. Don't say we'll get to that later because the market won't accept it. Yeah. So get, just get started and get going. Yeah. Good. Thank you very much, Jasper. It's been such a pleasure uh, seeing you again and, and having this interview. Well, thank you, Wun. It's been my pleasure. Absolutely. So there you go. That was Jasper Steinhausen. What's been your biggest takeaway from this episode? Let us know in the comment section on our social media page. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do subscribe. This will really help us grow our podcast. And if you can think of someone that would benefit from listening to this podcast, please do share it with them. So in the next episode, we move on into education system, transforming the education system. So we have Zena Hobson who hosts the Third Millennium Education Podcast and she talks about the transformation required in the education system. She's a former head of Ofsted, which is a government body assessing the quality of education in the UK. And she was a winner of uh, Entrepreneur of the Year uh, at one point in her career. And so she's got a wealth of knowledge and experience in the education system. And she's going to be talking about 
what she's observing and how we can help change the education system. So that's next week's episode. Thank you very much for listening in to the end of this episode. We really appreciate you. This is the Impact Gold Rush. My name is Wun Tan and I'll see you in the next episode.